Welcome to Amplify, the Revolution Her podcast, dedicated to uplifting, empowering, and amplifying women's voices globally. Our community is a powerful collective of women who are ready to live the lives they always dreamed they would. Together, our strength as inspiring and ambitious women is truly unstoppable. I'm Maria Locker, founder and CEO of Revolution Her. And I'm your co-host, Grace Moores, founding partner of Revolution Her. And today we're talking about saying yes to opportunities with Grace Lear. Grace Lear is a California (laughs) native. (laughs) We are so excited to talk to today. Um, she began singing at the age of six, and instead of skipping college, Lear followed her athletic passion sorry, by playing D1 soccer at the University of California, Berkeley. She made the move to Nashville four years ago and appeared in the top 10 on season 18 of ABC's American Idol. Since then, Lear has secured a record deal via 19 Recordings, Inc., and has spent the last year writing and recording music for her self-titled debut EP, Available Now. The first single off the EP, Brought a Girl, was released in February of last year, and shortly after its release, gold record holder and Kansas native Logan Mize asked her to join him on his latest single, Nothing With You, released April 8th, and serve as the direct support act on his spring 2022 It's About Time tour. Lear has since released singles including the Ode to Country Greats, Ones Before Me, the Breakup Anthem, After One, and Relatable, The One. We have so much to talk about with this incredible young woman. Please help us welcome Grace Lear. Welcome. Hi, guys. Thank you Thanks so much for, for being me. here. Oh, we oh have gosh, so much to talk about. We're we're thrilled and we are just so excited. You've done so much in a very, what seems like short amount of time, but I know the journey has not been short for you. So We're going to dive right in. Uh, We're excited to talk about opportunities today because truly um, you've had that path that's just seemed to open some really crazy doors for you. So I'd love to actually start with American Idol. What was that experience like for you? Oh my gosh. American Idol was an amazing experience. And um, thank you guys again for having me. This is already so fun. Um, and I just love what you guys do. Uh, so American Idol was, was amazing. I mean, I, so I'm originally from California. I'm from the Bay area and I moved out to Nashville in 2017, um, with big dreams that I've had since I was a little girl. Um, I've been singing since I was six years old. And so it has always been my ultimate dream to just do music full time. I don't really care what scale I'm, I'm definitely competitive. So I want to just be the best at what I do. But at the same time, I just, my dream when I moved to Nashville was to just get up and do music every single day and write songs and record and put out records and tour. Um, But that doesn't happen right away in a town like Nashville, it's competitive. So I was working in at a sales job, um, making a hundred calls a day and, you know, nine to five typical job. And I was doing music on nights and weekends. And I got the opportunity to audition for American Idol. And I said, yes, because it, I thought, you know what, it can't hurt me, right? It's only going to make me better. Um, And it was the scariest thing I've ever done. But I learned in that experience that sometimes those scary things are the best things for you to do. And those things really change your life. Um, And American Idol did. 
it 100% changed my life. That first audition was so scary and very vulnerable, uh, standing up there in front of Katy Perry, Lionel Richie and Luke Bryan, three of the biggest stars and celebrities. So crazy. And you just stand up there. And I had my really good friend, um, Kyle play guitar for me, which we had a band here in Nashville when we first started. And, um, it was, it was, yeah, it was very scary. And if you watch that first audition of mine, I was just a mess of tears and emotions because it was for the first time in a very long time validation that I'm not crazy for chasing these dreams. And there is, you know, something that is waiting for me. And it just kind of felt like a door opened. And I said to myself after that audition, I'm about to sprint through this door and whatever it takes. And fast forward to making top 10. um, And I quit my sales job. Wow. <laughs> it took that long to quit your <laughs> Right. I know. I know. Because it wow. was scary. It, yeah. I feel like I, I was kind of waiting for a safety net. And um, I, I wouldn't give that advice to anybody. You know, I would say, I, I look back and I'm like, maybe I could have quit and just, you know, roughed it as a full-time musician and, you know, sing on Broadway or do all those little things. But I just, I think everything happens for a reason. And I think there is a reason I waited and I needed that opportunity for me to feel confident enough to just completely let go and say, all right, I'm going after music and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. So. Yeah, so it's a big step, actually. It's a huge that, step. That safety net, isn't it? You're waiting, to, waiting for mm-hmm. that safety net to come out and catch you. And yeah. would you say, so looking back now, I mean, that was a little while ago, not too long, but mm-hmm. looking back now, would you say that, you know, being in that top 10, were there any components there that you've learned along the way that have helped you past American Idol in terms of that yeah. confidence? Absolutely. I think, you know, my American Idol journey, so was an interesting one because it was during the pandemic. So we started off, uh, it was in 2019. So I moved to Nashville in 2017, was doing music for two years, and then American Idol happened um, to give you some timeline context. And we started off normal. It was Jan- January of 2020 was the last live show audience performance I did on Idol. And it was in Hawaii, uh, January 2020, and it was top 40. Um And that's when I realized I was going to quit my job because uh, I've never felt like that before. I got to sing Natural Woman, which is my favorite song ever to perform. And I sang it in front of hundreds of people on the beach in Hawaii. And and I got off that stage and I was only on the stage for 90 seconds, but I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, And so I, we, you know, that, that was a crazy whirlwind, that whole top 40, top 20 experience. And then they flew us out to LA March of 2020, um, early March of 2020 to do the live shows. We're hearing buzzes about COVID-19. And then um, they had to send us home because of the stay at home order. So we went home and that it was a weird time period that everybody had of, okay, everyone's going home from work. Are we, how long is this going to be? And the producers ended up having a Zoom meeting with all of us and said, we're going to do the show from home. It's the only way we can do it. Uh, We're sending you equipment. We're sending you iPhones. We're sending you ring lights. We're sending you all these different things. And I ended up going back to California at my mom's because I didn't know how long this quarantine was going to be. So I was like, I might as well be with my family uh, and not go all the way back to Nashville. So my mom's house and backyard turned into a television studio basically. And I had to wear a million different hats um, and didn't have it was that weird feeling of, you know, 
I expected this experience with American Idol and I'm, I am number one, a performer. Like I, I love to songwrite, of course. And, you know, I love to be in the studio, but performing on stage is, is like, if I pull in my soccer background, which you haven't talked about is like the whistle blowing and the game starting. Yeah. It's just like my favorite thing in the entire world. So yeah. I was so looking forward to live shows on American Idol. So it was this weird ding of, ah, this is not exactly how I envisioned my experience being, but okay, shifting how do, how do I make the best out of this opportunity? Um, and it's not exactly what I expected it to be, but how do I make the best out of this? And, um, and still, you know, do exactly what I came here to do, which is sing and share my voice and, and chase these dreams. Um, so going back to your question of like things I learned was, you know, it's not always going to be what you expect, but you make the most of it and you kind of roll up your sleeves and get to work. And um, it was very challenging. I've heard from other idol contestants, live shows in general are very challenging mm -hmm. and stressful. And because not only are you worried about performing, but you're doing interviews, you're doing social media, you know, you're, you're, you're surrounded by, by people and, and you're competing, but it's a weird competing because you're friends with everybody too. It's just a, a very new feeling um, in an industry like music. So that was my experience. Wow. And I remember just every single day um, there was something new, there was something changing because of the pandemic or because of, you know, I remember we had to like change my mom's Wi-Fi. We had to like upgrade her Wi-Fi because <laughs> it wasn't strong enough for us to like upload all our videos to Google drive. And it was just like little things like that, that you're yeah. like, this is not what I should be worried about, but I have to worry about it. And I have no choice, you know, like this is, this is the reality of the situation. So, um, and I was just grateful enough to make top 10 and then it opened even more doors and opportunities for me. I got off the show and thought, okay, I'm, and I quit the next day after I got eliminated. And I was like, all right, I'm done. This is it. I'm 28. I'm not doing, this is the time to really go for music. Um, it's now or never. And so I did. And I remember thinking, okay, I didn't really prepare for this. I didn't save any money. I don't really know what I'm going to do when I get back to Nashville. And then a week later, I got a call from red light management. Um, and that started the journey with um, figuring out the music business. Uh, Cause then I signed with 19 entertainment uh, under a record label and publishing deals. So it was very pinch me moment of, is this really happening? Um, and I was really grateful for those opportunities that opened up. Wow. That's incredible. I just want to go back and, and, do a bit of a, a synopsis on some of the things yeah. that you talked about because there was a lot there. And I love how one, you know, you've been doing this since you were six. So it's a mm. long time. It's not a, a, a straight road. And I think sometimes we all, we only see the highlights of people's careers and think that they've just arrived. But really, you started this when you were six. So it's been a long mm. journey. Uh, you've had this amazing opportunity on American Idol that's opened up these doors for you. But opportunities aren't always easy. And I think that's being open to those difficult and challenging opportunities and still accepting them and moving forward allows you then to capitalize on more and more opportunities. And so there's so many great takeaways from your story here. It's, it's, it's that being open. And I, I love how you've embraced those challenges when for a lot of us, that can be quite difficult. Mm -hmm. So maybe we could talk a little bit or maybe you can share a little bit more about how they weren't always easy and it's not always a straight line. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and thank you for pointing that out. I mean, something I was taught um, to go back to soccer, because that is a big, so I, I played division one soccer at UC Berkeley and it, it, and I played soccer since I really started singing too. I started playing competitive soccer when I was 10 and that's when music got really serious for me too. Um, when I was about yeah 10 or 11, I sang somewhere over the rainbow at my talent show and brought tears to people's eyes. And even as a little girl, I'm like, why are people crying? And I'm thinking, and all of a sudden my parents were like, you, you have a gift, Grace. Like you have something that, you know, it's not, it's, it's not normal. It's rare what you have and, and you need to use it. So I got into voice lessons and started practicing that. And then at the same time I got, I fell in love with soccer. So I started really practicing soccer. So I had these two huge passions of mine in sports and music my whole life. And it was a lot of time management. Um, but going back to those challenges and, and yeah, the, the journey not being a straight line, something uh, my college soccer coach taught me was control the controllables is a big thing I live by every single day because there is just so much out of your control and it helps when I start feeling overwhelmed or stressed. Um, the, I try to just say, okay, let's take all the things away. I can't control and look at what I can control right now. And I remember in soccer, I got hurt my, my freshman year and I actually redshirted. I messed up my ankle really bad. And that's an example of, I was, you know, going to play division one soccer at Cal Berkeley. And I was, you know, a, you know, coming from a really great soccer program in, in Danville and high school and, and captains of all my teams. And I'm just so excited to, you know, be this big, you know, player on Cal and score goals. And I was playing side Alex Morgan and I was, you know, really excited. And then you get slapped with an injury that stops your whole year and really affected my entire soccer career because then with that injury comes recovery, then it comes physical therapy. Then you have to get your mental game back and this, you know, you're not mentally there either in your confidence. And, um, and I remember my coach sitting me down and saying, Grace, control the controllables. Cause I was trying to rush and get back and, and get back on the field. And it's not that easy. So mm -hmm. that was when I learned that lesson. And then when it came to American Idol and that, you know, the pandemic and having to do that, that was just something that was constantly echoing in my brain. And what can I control right now? Okay. I can try and uplift people. People are sick. People are dying. This is a scary time in the world for everybody right now. I have the opportunity to bring music to people's homes and be on a national television show from my mom's house and make people forget about the terrible things that are going on yeah. right now and just bring some sort of light and some sort of joy. That was the number one thing that was my priority and everything else was just day by day. And, you know, whether it was going for a run because I can, because it makes me feel better or eating a good meal or, you know, zooming with my friends to, to think about other things, you know, it just was, I think that is something that I take with me in this career now, um, coming out of American Idol and, you also, it also isn't what you think, you know, like you were just talking about the highlights, you come off a show and everyone's thinking you're going to have this massive career right when you get off the show and you're going to have a number one song on the radio. And that hasn't happened for me yet. It's not that mm -hmm. easy. It takes, it takes time. It takes, you know, writing hundreds of songs. It takes trial and error, you know, and it's, it's, it's a whole journey. And um, I think controlling what I can really helps me in that journey. I love that. Advice. It is. 
controlling the controllable. And, you know, I, I would be remiss to say like Alex Morgan is one of my daughter's favorite players. She's <laughs> um, she's and she's in the soccer world. So I do have to ask because recently, I mean, this is so cool. You got to actually fit those two worlds. Like you said, right. You've had this yeah. music world that you've loved ever since you were six year old, you've just had passion for music and then you have passion for soccer the fact that these two worlds actually collided and got to come together and combine for something um, that involved you is so exciting. And I, I would love if you want to share a little bit about what your involvement was in the She Believes Cup and what that meant to you having this all come together. It gives me chills even just hearing you say that because it was such a special moment. And it was, like you said, I mean, worlds collided in the coolest way. Um Soccer has been, like I was just saying, I mean, it's been a huge, a, a huge part of me being the musician and the artist and the songwriter that I am. It's, it teaches sports in general, just teaches you so much as a human being and as a team player and as a leader and um, an entrepreneur, a businesswoman, all those things. I mean, it's huge. And my Cal soccer background, um, you know, we're, we're a big family and I just actually came from California where we were supporting one of our um, Cal soccer alumni. And there were so many women there and it's, it's, it's a great community, but, um, Alex was a senior when I was a freshman at Cal. And I remember even back then she was a superstar. Um, and I would just remember getting there and being like, so nervous to play <laughs> alongside of her and just like, I hope she doesn't hate me. I hope, she, I hope I do well as a player. And she was just the best. And she actually was my mentor because we were both forwards. So all through, um, preseason, she was kind of my, my buddy and, and someone, you know, encouraging me and teaching me and helping me. Um, and then up until I got injured, but, um, my first, uh, something, my claim to fame, because you, we all have Alex, um, my first ever college points were an assist to a goal that she scored against UC Irvine my freshman nice. year. It was a preseason game, but I was like, that was so cool. It was really cool. Anyway, uh, the She Believes Cup, talk about, you know, you know, amplifying women. I mean, the She Believes Cup for, for soccer is um, a tournament that encourages females, um, you know, women and young women, especially to go chase their dreams. And mm -hmm. for me, that's all I do in music as well. I mean, I'm, I'm a dreamer and I want every male or female to know that they can dream and create the life that they want if they really want to, and they really go for it. And, um, that's what the She Believes Cup is all about. So when I got uh, connected with them, um, and asked to sing the national anthem, I absolutely said yes. And, that day was so special. Um, not only, you know, singing, um, the national anthem in Geodis park, which was my first time singing the national anthem there. It's a new Nashville SC stadium and my first ever, um, national game. Cause I've been singing the anthem since I was a little girl for professional, uh, professional sports teams, but never, uh, you know, national. And mm -hmm. it was, it was, I was real. I've never been that nervous. I haven't been that nervous in a very long time. Um, wow. But the coolest moment was singing the anthem, knowing that the She Believes Cup is uh, a message I stand behind greatly. And right after singing the anthem, turning around and Alex Morgan running to give me a hug um, was, the, <laughs> was just the best. And um, she just hugged me and she said, you did a great job. And I said, kick some ass. And, and it was like, that's so cool. See you later. And um, I just think, you know, it, it's, it's so cool to see a player like Alex, I mean, chase her dreams, which have been 
to play soccer at the highest level possible. Um, mm-hmm. And her amount of, you know, U.S. caps and goals and her being captain. I mean, she is doing it at the highest level. And for me, that's how I see music. And I want it all. I want arenas. I want, you know, the stand in the circle at the Grand Ole Opry. I want a Grammy. I want all of it. And I won't stop until I get to that point because I just think it's something that's in my blood and I don't know how to do anything half, you know, it's like, it's either all or nothing. And Alex has always been um, a woman and um, an athlete that inspires me in that way. So not only the relationship with Alex, but the She Believes Cup in general, just being an incredible tournament that um, sends a really great message and exactly what Revolution Her is doing. Thank you. Um, I mean, honestly, Mm. I have goosebumps and, and I think part of it for me, like for anyone who's listening, you know, you've got such an incredible story and you can tell you've got this fire in you. And I think that's, what's so infectious when you're, when we're talking with you, cause if I just feel like I can do anything just sitting here with Good. you, like got it in <laughs> you your can, seat, right. Um, but, but then on top of it, I have a 14 year old daughter right now who, when you speak, she sounds just like you. And so I just, you know, I think so many young girls can be inspired as well. Young, young, old, it doesn't matter. Inspired by the journey that you've had, the paths that you've taken. And just this idea that, yeah, saying yes to opportunities, pivoting when challenges come, you, you are a a shining beacon of what can be if you just listen to your heart and follow your passion. So it's very cool. Thank you. Very yeah, inspiring. So I'd love to actually, maybe we, we can explore that a little bit more in terms of what advice would you have for people of one, being open to opportunities, but knowing that it's the right opportunity? Oh, that's a good question. I think my advice would be um, follow your gut, but also be yourself. Like, I think it's important to know Yes, you can say you can say yes to any opportunity, but it's saying yes to the ones that feel like you. And I think something I learned too, you know, Americano wasn't the first reality show that I did. I did The Voice. Um, I auditioned for Americano a couple weeks before the season that changed my life, and they said no. And I think it's, but I knew that that opportunity was never gonna not be you know, a positive or not change me somehow or help me somehow. I'm a singer. Like, of course, that's going to help me in my career. And, um, and then throughout the journey, it was um, being myself the whole way because I wasn't singing songs that I thought, you know, were going to show off my incredible voice or going to say, oh, I can hit notes like Mariah Carey, or I can, you know, sing like whoever. It was just being me. And I think that's my biggest advice to anyone is just be you and know that there's only one you. And it's so easy to compare ourselves to other people. It's so easy to say, oh, well, that person's already there. Why am I not there yet? Or, you know, well, they're doing this. So maybe I should do that. It's not, that's not always the right way. It's just, it's following what feels good to you. And, um, that's not, that takes time because, um, looking back on the opportunities that didn't happen for me, like getting a no from American Idol a couple of years prior, I wasn't ready yet. And mm-hmm. I looked and I wanted to be ready and I wanted to, and, and I was, but I was, I remember like the songs I chose for that audition were like, why did I sing that? 
And I just, I think you have to trust timing. You have to have some patience, but also just be yourself is I know it's so cliche, but it's, it's it's true. It's true because it's so easy. And especially with social media and like all those things. I mean, even now being in Nashville, I look at artists that are, you know, putting out songs faster than I am or on tour with people that I would love to be on tour with. And it's true. I'm competitive. So I, I want that so badly, but I also have to say, I'm, I have to trust I'm on the right path and I have to just stick with what feels good to me and say yes to the things that make sense for me personally, not for somebody else. It's hard to trust the process, right? And you have to kind of remind yourself that I I truly believe things happen when they're supposed to happen. And there's kind Mm -hmm. of a a rhyme and a reason for the way that things fall into place, especially if Mm -hmm. you're following something and you're, you're dedicated to the work you're doing. I I truly believe that it is hard to trust it though. We talk about it all the time. (laughs) It really is. And I mean, it's not, it's not easy. And I've had, I remember my first, uh, like year or two in Nashville and calling my mom and I can still feel that feeling of this is never going to happen for me. And I would be lying if those words never came through my brain. Like you, I would call my mom saying, why did I move here? What am I doing here? I feel like this is never going to happen. And I was 25 and yeah, I was watching all these other people, you know, doing what I want to be doing. And I was feeling like it was never going to happen. And you just keep your head down and you just keep doing the things that fuel you and you surround yourself with people that want to help you, that believe in you, that, that, you know, get you. And I think that's an important advice I would probably give too, is just go get coffee with people, go talk to people, go to, go to things and events that inspire you and, and bring those, that circle closer to you because it's like the revolution, her community. I mean, that's, that's really important support to have and, yeah. and inspiration to have. And I remember doing that when I first moved here too, just picking out my favorite songwriters and saying, you go to coffee with me. And I get asked to coffee all the time. And I always say yes. Cause I'm like, I was that too. You know, we've <laughs> yeah. all been there. Like we've yeah. all been trying, we've all started somewhere. Yes. And uh, it's, it's a ever, you know, going circle of community. I think it's well, amazing. And- we all need that. We talk a lot here about lifting as you climb. So, you know, you're always going to be along different stages of the journey. And there's going to be a time where you need that hand to kind of pull you up to the next level. And when Mm -hmm. you can give it back to someone else who's on that journey too, it's- I love that. that. I've never heard that lifting as you climb. I love that. I don't think I've ever heard it in that way. I think that's, that's incredible. It's powerful. Exactly and it. I think as women, if we're doing that for each other, I mean, that's really our goal here, right? Like the more we can all continue to climb that ladder together, it's inevitable yeah. that we all succeed uh, along the journey. So I, I just, it. I'm so in awe of everything you've done. Now we, we can't finish yet. We do have some rapid fire, but before we head into okay. that part, I want to ask about your self-titled EP. So let's just yeah. talk about what's out right now, because yeah. You're having a moment right now. Tell us. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I released an EP last year, uh, self-titled Grace Lear. And yeah, that was a lot of the work I did right after Idol. Um, I hit the writing room like crazy and just wrote with everyone in town. Um, 
uh, got a great producer, Dan Fernandez, and Jared Hampton also is a producer on it. Uh, we have a cover of A Thousand Miles from Nowhere. So I kind of nice. went through this exercise of finding these 90s country songs because that was a huge influence on me growing up um, was 90s country, everything from the Chicks to Shania to Jody Messina. I mean, I just love them. Uh, Leanne Rhymes and all that. So I, um, I, I did a project where I, or I did an exercise where I found all these nineties country songs, but I really wanted to find um, male country songs and mm -hmm. make them my own. So Dwight Yoakam's a thousand miles is on there, but my version of it and those songs, you know, like my first single brought a girl, that's a true story through and through. That's a party I was throwing and a guy showed up with a girl and it was kind of a letdown. And mm -hmm. you have, so you have kind of cheeky songs where you see my humor. I'm, I, I, I know we've, we've been very serious throughout this podcast, yeah. but I'm actually very, very sarcastic. And so that's kind of my funny, cheeky side and broader girl. And then you have songs like meant to be, which is another true story of a guy who I was really excited about and um, ghosted me, which is just, I think the worst thing you could do to someone. Uh, and yeah. I sat in my apartment, the same apartment, like all that whole weekend thinking of it, going it over and over and over in my head and talk about everything happens for a reason. The hook is, you know, not everything um, is meant to be. And that's, that's kind of the lesson in that. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted people to see my heart. I wanted people to, to have songs that they related to and connected to, and also got to know me as, as a person, as a, as a songwriter and um, you know, but as outside songs, I mean, the one was my uh, title track and that is a, a heartbreaker. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it is just, it's what everybody has experienced being the one before the one. And um I love that song too. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, and, and then Logan Mize taking me on tour and, and having me a part of the song, nothing with you. It was such a fun year of last year of just releasing. You work so hard and you're kind of just like in your own little bubble in the studio, yeah. in the writing room. And then you're finally, and you're almost get a little like, Oh gosh, am I ready to share my heart with everybody? Am <laughs> yeah. I ready to share these things? You know, it's kind of like showing everybody a painting for the first time that you've been like working really hard on. And um, you're like, oh, what's everybody gonna think? And but it was so fun. And and um another big fun part of it was all the music videos we got to make for it. And Mike Rodway is my director and he just absolutely crushed it. And it was just a really fun year. And um what I'm working on now is um more exciting things. So I actually um, I'm actually starting, I mean, the power of social media, I posted a demo of a song that I wrote called My Mind's Made Up. And I have never seen so many, and I, I will say as much as it's definitely a song that men can relate to, too. this community of women that are healing from heartbreak and healing from think from moving on from a guy who they thought was someone and then mm -hmm. realized they were someone else is basically the song. It's saying, I'm not, I'm not getting over you. Um, wait, I'm not getting over you. Um, that isn't hard to do. I'm getting over who my mind's made up. It's like, I'm not wow. getting over who you actually are. I'm getting over this person that I made up in my brain. And that's the hardest thing. Cause I had these, I, I was falling in love with your potential, with the idea of you, with who I wanted you to be. And you never were that. And that's, what's really hard to get over. And, um, it's completely just blown my mind, the amount of women that have connected to it. And so we're putting that out and I'm really that's excited. Insane. And it was not, it was not planned. It was not <laughs> planned. I was like, I'm just going to post this demo because I really love it. And I, I hope that maybe, maybe people will like it. 
And that's something as a new artist, you kind of, you have the freedom to do is just post on social media and see, see if people love it. And they loved it so much that I had to go to my team and I was like, um, I think people really want me to release this song. They were like, let's do it. So we're in the process of that. We don't have a release date yet, but it's, it's very exciting because it is the first song that I think, um, you know, is, is people are really demanding it. And, um, I think that that's really exciting. So we'll see what happens with that. And we're going to start with that single and, and go from there. Again, opportunities yeah. just, yeah. I know, right. Cause as they come up. Yeah. I love it. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. Oh my goodness. There's so much to come then. Cause you know, one of our questions is always what is next for you? So it, yeah. I think oh. <laughs> it's inevitable. I mean, truly it's inevitable that, you know, we're going to be seeing you and hearing when you come to Canada, yeah, I want you to please put us on your list. We will be yeah, there absolutely. front row. Cheering <laughs> yes. you. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. 100%. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for you on all Thank the possibilities you. and opportunities that are coming your way. It's been Thank an incredible so journey to, to learn about and, um, and hear you share. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you guys. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> All right now. Yeah, you're not off the hook. Rapid fire. Yes. <laughs> rapid fire. Okay. And I'm okay. going to go first if that's all right. So you're in Nashville right now. I'd love to know what you love. What are the things you love to do in Nashville? Apart from I, Yeah. Okay. I love to run. I'm a big runner. And it's funny because I hated running when I played soccer because it felt like a punishment. And then when I graduated, (laughs) I was like, maybe maybe I would enjoy this. So I run probably three to four times a week at this park near my house. That is uh, just beautiful. So I run, I listen to music and cooking and I have a cookbook. Um, So cooking is another big thing of mine. It's called taste with grace. I put it out with my EP and I gave each song on the EP uh, a recipe for it. It's really That's fun. So I'll have, awesome. I can't believe Tiffany didn't say I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you guys. Um, but it's so cooking is like my relaxing time. Oh, my cooking gosh. And running probably. Yeah. So I'm, I, I feel like in another world, you were probably my daughter. <laughs> like I, I know <laughs> I keep bringing her up, but so what's your favorite oh. thing to cook? Oh, my gosh. There's so many things. And I, for the most part, I eat fairly healthy, um, but I I think probably my favorite thing to make is pasta. Just anything Italian. I think I was Italian in my past life. I'm not. There, see? I think I was <laughs> because I, uh, are you? I'm Italian. Yeah. I'm really, really, okay. yeah. I, so I was, yeah, I was your daughter at some point. There you go. And so, someday. Um, but yeah, no, I love cooking pasta. Like probably my favorite thing is just like having, turning on like, and like an Italian dinner playlist and pouring a glass of red wine and making a really yummy pasta. Nice. That's probably my favorite thing to do. Happy place. Yeah, that's my happy place. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, TV shows. Where? What's something that just you love to watch to for escapism? Oh, I just finished Shrinking. It's on Apple TV. Yes, Uh, I just started that. I mean, it's so funny. Yeah, it's so funny. That's been that was a nice little. you know, just mindless, funny show. I just, and I love Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. But um, I also just, also Daisy Jones and the Six is so good. Oh, I, I just finished that I too. That I haven't watched it yet, but like they have so a good. whole entire album for this fake yeah. band on Spotify. And I was and like millions, millions yeah. of listeners. <laughs> it's crazy. No, it's really good. It's, so it was a, it's a book. um, but, and some people would, I have people who have read the book that are like, I kind of like the book better. And then I have people who have read the book and said they love the show 
yeah. more than the book. So um, it's definitely worth watching. It's really oh. good. And it's produced by Reese Witherspoon's Hello Sunshine. Like we've, you know, yeah. we've actually featured a couple of books that she's turned into oh, series. Awesome. And the work that she does is amazing. So we know I need to watch that. That's on my list. <laughs> All right. I have to ask because you're in Nashville. Obviously there's incredible talent out there. If you could snap your fingers and be on tour with anybody, who would it be? That's really hard. <laughs> okay, top top two. If you don't oh, want to, okay, any anyone, Shania anyone. Twain, Shania, or, or the chicks, either nice. one. If anyone, yeah, I would lose my mind if I yeah. were opening or on tour with Shania Twain or the chicks. Probably, I would die. So, we'll just put it out there because you know yeah. Shania is Canadian. It's maybe. gonna happen. It's gonna right. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So you never know who's listening. So when you put it out there, <laughs> we'll see wow. what comes back. I love it. That would be so cool. Okay. <laughs> next question. When was the first time that, you, when, sorry, when was the last time that you did something for the first time? That's a really good question. When was the last time I did something for the first time? Um, maybe something you made or it could be something you did. I feel like I'm like, there's something in the back of my brain that I'm like, I've never, well, I mean, uh, oh my gosh. It is a tough one. I know. I mean, honestly, and I I swear, I was like, wait, I've never done that. I wonder, I like, I have something in my brain that I'm like, I've never done that. But well, I mean, singing the national anthem for the women's national team, that's something I had never done in that, like, giants. Like, that was, I was so nervous for that. And I've sang the anthem since I was a little girl, but in that arena or that stadium, and it was on television, it was televised for the first time. It was the first time my national anthem was televised. And I was so mad that they told me that because it made me so nervous. I was like, did you have to tell me, did you have to tell me that it was going to be televised? And I kept saying, like, my brother was there and everybody. And I was, like, saying to myself before, I was like, it's not on, it's not on TV. It's not televised. It's not. It's not. It's I'm fine. No it's not. No. It's not. <laughs> I was so nervous. But, yeah, that was, that was a first for me. That was a first. Oh, my gosh. I feel like there needs to be a little bit more credit to the fact that you did that. Cause I can tell you right now, I would have flubbed a word and it's the national anthem. <laughs> like I totally would have screwed up. Um, what do it, you tell yourself? Like before you start that process, how do you try not to psych was, yourself out? It was really annoying because my boyfriend, I think like a couple of days before was like, are you ever afraid of forgetting the words? And I was like, why did you just ask me that? Like, why did you even why put that out in the universe? <laughs> Don't say, and I had to be like, don't say that. And he was like, oh, sorry. I didn't know. I was like, no, you can't say that anymore. Anyway, um, I, I just, I, one, I've sang it for a really long time. So sometimes, sometimes it actually, I'm out there and it, it's like, what's coming next? And it's autopilot. It just like comes out. Cause I've sang right. it so many times, but also, um, I think of the big picture and I used to do that with soccer too. Like, Hey, I'm singing the national anthem for thousands of people today. I get to do what I love and Mm. I get to honor our country and I just keep it like really simple. And for some reason it makes me like forget about everything else. And I used to do the same thing with soccer. Like I get to go out there and kick the ball around with my friends today and I get to have fun and do what I love. Let's just Mm -hmm. go do it. And I used to get really nervous when I was a kid to the, to the point where I would like make myself sick. Like it was really bad when I was like 13 or 14, I had just really bad anxiety. And, um, 
that that tool helped me kind of just settle down when I don't think about the little things. I just think about the big picture. I like that. Your turn, Grace. Grace Morris. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I get to go. <laughs> yeah. Ask us anything. <laughs> um, okay. What was the worst piece of advice someone's ever given you? <gasps> the worst? Mm. Yeah. Oh, the worst piece of advice that anyone's given me is um, I just remember I, for some reason I flashed back to this um and maybe this will be helpful for someone. I flash back to this coffee meeting I had with this music person. And I remember feeling very discouraged leaving that meeting because he, he basically said to me, like, you will not get anywhere unless you have, I think it was something along the lines of like numbers. He was like, yeah, that's a great song, but you know, it's not going to get you anywhere unless you have this many people, uh, you know, followers or this many, this, or this many, that. And I remember leaving that meeting feeling like, what? Like, shouldn't, shouldn't I just trust my music is going to take me to that point? Or, mm-hmm. and I, I look back now and I've, I've not spoken to um, that person since, but I remember being like, that's not good advice. Cause good advice would be, Hey, keep doing what you're doing. You will get there. It was just very discouraging. And I, um, and I never say that to people. Like I would never say, you know, um, well, you know, you got to get to X amount of followers or X amount of views on TikTok or blah, blah, blah. I just think that advice is not helpful. I think that I think it's, it's just, it doesn't matter. Make art that yeah. you're proud of and make something that you love and keep writing songs that you love and keep you know, chasing that, that job or that dream that you love and everything else will follow. And I just remember the, any advice that has to do with numbers and such, I just don't think is very helpful. I have to agree with that. We, you know, there's something about authenticity. And so, you you know, you can turn around tomorrow and have a hundred thousand extra followers and people can buy them. Like you can go and buy them if you want to, but how is that? Yeah. How is that going to help? people really know you and yeah. it be an authentic community that has grabbed onto something that you just stand for and care about. So true. So, so true. I love that. Yeah. All right. I'm going to come up with the last question because somehow okay. our time is up. I don't even know how. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So your last question and you take as much time as you need, or maybe you'll know it right away. I would love to okay. know, cause you have a lot of things in your sites this year. What is your word? For this year that you're living by? My word that I'm living by is gratitude. Um, because I'm just, you have those days um, where you feel, and I have them a lot, where you feel like you're not where you want to be and you're not, you know, exactly where you think you should be or have the money saved up that you wanted to save up or X, Y, and Z. And, but at the end of the day, I try to wake up and say, look, I get to wake up and write songs and record songs for a living. And I'm not touring right now, but I will be eventually. And I think just being grateful for the life I've created for myself. Um, 
even if it's like right now, I feel like there's always something we want more of, or there's always something better that we can dream of. But at the end of the day, I want to be grateful for where I'm at right now. And yeah, just gratitude is, is oh, something I, I, I live by. I lo- um, and it's important. Yeah. It's important to do it because it makes you stop appreciate what you've got but also it allows you to look back and see how far you've come and mm-hmm. I think sometimes we miss that because we're always striving for more on the next you know yeah. making setting the next goal the next opportunity and you know that race we always we want everything now or we mm-hmm. it's not happening quick enough there is yeah there's a a quote that I feel like it's something along the lines that you're you're living a life you once manifested like right now we're living a life we once were manifesting so imagine how much more we can manifest if we already manifested this you know and I think that's it it always gives me perspective because I'm like yeah like I did manifest this I did you know I I was talking about this and I I'm spoken into existence and now I can do that with anything Mm -hmm. so we can all do that so just go for it right Mm -hmm. say it out loud and yeah very powerful. And I'm going to just put this out there because last year, I'm going back to Shania Twain, <laughs> our Canadian girl. Last year, the Boots and Hearts Festival is a huge yeah. thing here in Canada. And she was headlining. I don't know if that's on your radar at all, but if you're going, we're coming. So okay. maybe add that to your roster. Yes. Yes. I'm fun. Absolutely. Oh, I'll let you guys been know. Amazing. Yes. Thank you so much. It's been Thank such you. a pleasure to talk to you. It really has. It has. Really well, and we'll be cheering you on from over here, north of the border. Yes. You know, I know our listeners are from all across North America, but truly we'll be cheering you on and so excited Thank to you. see all that's coming. Thank you guys so much. I love what you do and I'm happy to be a part of the Revolution Heart community. Thank you. We love having you here. So, and for everyone listening, we hope that Grace's story gave you some inspiration today. If you know other women in your circle that you know would love to uh, learn and hear about Grace, go find some information as well on her EP. Go look her up on Instagram, Grace Lear Music. That's the official handle, I think, right? Uh, We're going to have a bunch of your links here also for our listeners to follow up on. But go learn more, share, and continue uplifting and empowering one another because together we can do so much. So until we uh, hear from you and have you join us again, thank you so much for being here. And I guess we'll see you all soon. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, guys.